Welcome back to your ex-boyfriend's podcast, episode 54, titled Resources for You. And what these actually are, are my recommendations for stuff that might help. People that you might want to listen to, books you might want to read. I came to the point where I thought this far into the podcast that I should actually put out an episode where I make some concrete recommendations for stuff, for books, for podcasts, for um, anything really that has helped me along the way uh, as I've both been on my own personal journey and making this podcast and talking to other people. Um, just what have I consumed, what have I listened to or uh, researched or looked more into that has helped? And this list that I'm about to lay out for you guys isn't all of it by any means. This is not an exhaustive sort of complete compendium of everything that I've ever um, thought was helpful. (laughs) Okay, this is just, I guess I'll call it my top whatever, because I don't even, I didn't even count how many I'm looking at right now. My top four books, two podcasts, or rather four podcasts, and two random people. But not even really that, because A, I haven't even exposed myself to everything there is, everyone out there. And nobody take that soundbite of me saying expose myself <laughs> and turned into a meme. Nobody do that, please. Um, but yeah, A, I, I'm in the process, right? So this is just as of right now. And B, I'm probably forgetting stuff and it's you know been years. So if I ever come back and try to edit this <laughs> recommendation list, it's because I forgot some stuff or added some stuff. Or maybe one of these people doesn't work for me anymore. Maybe one of these books doesn't mean as much. I don't know. Like anything in life, it's flexible. It is a living document. This podcast is a living record. So, going forward, that's what we're going to do. Why are we doing this? Mainly because recent circumstances have led to the need for this episode being a bit shorter, a bit less prepared for than I originally wanted. And it's not going to be an interview as I had intended. Um, just, I'll get into that in in real quick here, but just know that this is not, uh, th- this is not the original idea for this episode. It's a backup, but luckily I have backups like this. So I think it's gonna be good. It's going to work out just fine. What are the new circumstances, or recent circumstances rather, that have led me to making this episode rather than the one that I originally wanted to do? I got a new job. (laughs) So I have a new job um, at a new place with a new schedule. And this past week, I've had much less time and have contributed much less brain power to creating this episode 54. Um, This weekend is also shortened. I only have uh, two days instead of my normal three, although it will go back to three, I want to say next weekend. So I just have less time, uh, less resources to commit 
to making this episode. So all that being the case, here we are making episode 54, Resources for You. So let's just jump right in to the first category, which is books. These are books that I have read that I have found to be very helpful. I have gotten a lot out of them. They cover various topics, and I won't say, because I don't think that I could say, that any of them are the you know, ultimate authority in whatever they're talking about, but of the books that I have read, and you know, these four that I'm going to list are by no means you know, even close to as many as I have consumed over this, you know, however many years, these ones have been exceptionally helpful. I have not only been made to think more about the topics that they contain that I already knew, but I've also been exposed to numerous new um, ideas. And all in all, these four that I'm about to list are ones that I recommend to anybody um, when a conversation comes up about, you know, what have you read along this podcasting journey? Where do you get some of your ideas? Where have you found help? Where have you been challenged? These four are a good place to start. And I'll just apply that so I don't have to say it every time. I'll apply that to everything we talk about in this episode, whether it's a book or a podcast, or just another person, or whatever. So, on the list, and by the way, I don't list them in any particular order, because they all concern different topics for the most part, so this is just an order of convenience as I thought of them. Number one is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. This book is probably the best book that I have read when it comes to the conversation of being a part of a team, being a leader, being a follower, succeeding towards, well, I guess I should say succeeding at a mission, you know, in quotes, or a goal, um, taking ownership of whatever that goal is. The title of the book it gives away the exact premise that they're putting forth. Namely, uh, extreme ownership is the idea, the concept of no matter what part you play in whatever goal that it is, whether that's for yourself or for a team that you're a part of, whatever part that you play in that uh, environment, you are just as responsible for the failure or the success of that mission as anybody else in in the team. And like I said, that could be in entirely just you. Uh, and I realize now that I'm getting into this that giving a succinct summary <laughs> of these very detailed informational books may be more difficult than I thought it was. Because <laughs> I'm like, what do I say that doesn't take forever? 
<laughs> How do I not just go into like a Cliff Notes version of a book? Um, if you have ever, and, and this is just from my own personal experience, the reason I got a lot out of this book was because I have been a part of some very, very ineffective teams with really, really, really poor leadership. So kind of my, my jumping point into this book was I have never received really good uh, education or training on what being a good leader looks like, but I, I had felt so many times that the people I was observing, the teams that I were a part of with these ineffective leaders, I felt so certain that they were doing things wrong and I just wasn't able to articulate in really like intelligent ways <laughs> what it was they were doing wrong or how. And this book just illuminated everything in a way that I could then uh, understand and put into action. And that's one of my favorite parts of the book is it gives very clear, very actionable advice. What it doesn't do is dive into a lot of the whys. It doesn't dive into a lot of why do ineffective leaders come about? Why do we do some of the things we do or think some of the things we think. It is a very practical book. It does do some of that, but at the end of the day, it gives advice, essentially. It, it lays out very simply and very practically what it takes to be a good leader and a good follower, a good, for both of those, member of the team. I cannot recommend it enough. This is one of those books that... As far as I'm concerned, it might be the best. When it comes to any concept surrounding leadership, this is the one I would recommend you read. When it comes to being a part of a team or succeeding at a goal or whatever, this is the one I would recommend. If you do and you find yourself looking back at every job you've ever had, every sports team you've ever been a part of, any any team, organization, whatever, that you've ever found yourself inside of, and you find yourself going, I don't think I've ever had a good leader, then you understand exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is honestly astonishing how much goes by the wayside. And just, you know, as we've probably all experienced at some time or another, when it comes to work, when it comes to your job, your career, where most of us are going to see some sort of leadership structure regularly, uh, if not, you know, for 30 years, our whole, our whole life, basically, our whole working life, when it comes to that situation, more often than not, you're going to see managers, which is an entirely separate skill set than leadership. You're not going to see so many good leaders. So that went on longer than I wanted it to, and we're going to have to shorten up for the rest of these. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Highly recommend it. Number two is Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. Boundary Boss is a book about one thing. 
broken up into a lot of little subparts, but one thing only. Again, it's right there in the title. Boundaries. Setting boundaries, understanding boundaries, respecting them for both yourself and for other people. It's about being the best that you can <laughs> at setting and respecting boundaries, aka a boundary boss. What I think this book is about at its core is interacting with people in a way that invites them to be a healthy part of your life on your terms. And it helps you to avoid abandoning yourself in order to maintain, in order to stay in relationship with other people. Some of you might remember that previously in this podcast, I think I've done two episodes on boundaries. I think it's that important. I think it's that big of a deal to talk about. And part of the reason I say that is because I think most of us don't even realize how um, it is affecting our daily lives. It's something that I think a lot of us, including myself for sure, lacked or currently lack skills in, and it is or it can be highly damaging to your own um, well-being, to your own mental and emotional well-being. This book is for you, like it was for me, if you have ever found yourself not doing something that you needed or wanted to do in order for somebody to like you or respect you, or if you have held your tongue when you shouldn't have, or you have gone along with something that you didn't enjoy, or you wanted to be perceived a certain way, so you did or said a certain thing, all to maintain a relationship or to be perceived a certain way or uh, maintain a story about yourself where other people are concerned, and in the process, abandoned who it is that you actually are, who it is that you desire to be. I'm trying to think of a way <laughs> to emphasize how important uh, this idea of boundaries is. I got so much out of this book just because I had never, well, for a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons was because I had never been exposed to the idea of how, like, how, what the crazy amount is daily that I was sacrificing myself in order to maintain a romantic relationship or a friendship or a working relationship or a familial relationship. Nobody in this world is worth the sacrifice of yourself. And I don't mean that in a way that like there aren't times in which sacrifice is necessary or, you know, wanted or conducive. But if for whatever reason you are sacrificing who it is that you are, if you are abandoning the person that you truly are 
in order to keep somebody in your life or keep somebody out of your life or whatever, that's a problem. And that's what this book is about. Now, just one little caveat. This book, as much as I love it, is written as if it is directed to only women. And the author acknowledges that in the beginning and says, I may write this as if I am writing to only women, but it is because that is where this you know thing was born of. That is what I initially cared about when I decided to write it. I wanted to address the ways in which women uh, are struggling with this. But with that being said, the author addresses it. I'm saying it now. It applies to everybody. I have recommended this book to so many people. I have gifted this book to so many people. Can't say enough about how good this book is. So number two was Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. Moving on. Number three is a famous one. A lot of you may have heard of it, either the book or the author or both. Uh, She's pretty famous and married to somebody famous. The book is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It got a lot of publicity, and I'm not exactly sure how that came about. I'm not saying I don't think it should. I just don't know how Glennon Doyle came into this, you know, spotlight into this fame like she did um but especially with this book which i believe is her most recent book um i resisted at first reading untamed because in the first i don't know two or three chapters i didn't super love how she wrote i didn't really enjoy how the book was starting out and i knew from reading reviews and having it recommended and hearing what other people had to say that it was you know supposedly really good and right in my wheelhouse for stuff that i would enjoy but i just couldn't get into it however as soon as i pushed through which i don't normally do i'm not the kind of person that will you know finish a series (laughs) a television series just to finish it or watch all of a movie that i don't enjoy i'm not that person For whatever reason, probably on the recommendation of other people, I kept going and am extremely glad that I did. Please read Untamed. It is one of the better books that I've read, like in general, not just when it comes to any of this sort of, you know, self growth, progress, self-worth journey thing that we've been talking about for 53, 54 episodes. It is just a really good book. Um, well, okay, what is it? Because Untamed is kind of like, I don't know what that means. This is like much looser in its scope. It is, it deals with a lot of stuff that the author, Glennon Doyle, thinks is important. And I agree with her on nearly all of it. It deals with a bunch of tough stuff that we face. Stuff. Oh, my gosh. Stuff. (laughs) Oh, should I leave this in? Deals with a bunch of tough stuff. God. (laughs) That we face on the daily as people, as humans. She talks about martyrdom. She talks about love. She talks about control 
and more importantly, the lack thereof. She talks about, I just realized that was a dope-ass rhyme, love, control, or the lack thereof. <laughs> uh, she talks about self-worth, um, depression, uh, anxiety, just mental health in general. She talks about prejudice and racism. A lot of stuff. She hits a bunch of topics. Oh, I think another big one was parenting or uh, raising children. What I really like about Untamed is how it's not a deep dive into any one subject. It is not an exhaustive like manual on any one thing. Whereas, you know, for example, the first one we talked about, extreme ownership, is literally just about this one idea. So Untamed hits all over the map with things that she thinks are important that we need to talk about, that we need to shed light on. And what's more, she is really good at shooting right to the heart of the matter on a lot of these subjects. Not on all of them, and and I will always clarify this when I talk about things that I like, especially on this podcast, there are things in the book I didn't agree with. There are ideas that I thought, okay, well, does that really need to be here? Or just straight up, that's whack, you know? (laughs) So even with those, I think 95% of the time she's spot on. It is a shot right to the heart. And what I also like about that is it's on you, the reader, to look further. It's on you to do more research, to think further about what she is talking about, to look inside yourself and to look outward and see what more you can discover. It's not a manual. It's not an encyclopedia. It is a conversation starter. It is an invitation to deeper thought. So it got a lot of hype. I think it got a lot for a reason. And it is the only book actually by Glennon Doyle that I've read. And part of the reason for that is because I know she used to be more of like a Christian author. A lot of her work, if not the majority, was tailored towards this like Christian audience. And she has 100% gotten away from that and i think for the better highly recommend this book go read untamed number four and the last on the book list is the gift of imperfection by brene brown and i think in terms of like fame (laughs) notoriety i think brene brown is kind of up in that same tier as as glennon doyle also a very famous author also a very famous initially Christian author who has not strayed away from her Christian um, leanings when it comes to her work, but definitely has allowed for the fact that a lot of people are not people of faith, which I really enjoy. Now, that being said, still, she does talk about how dope God is. (laughs) for her and how it was important in her own journey and if that's the case for you you'll love it if that's not then you know feel free to disregard it may not apply to you 
Anyway, the gift of imperfection. It's kind of in a similar zone as Untamed in that it, it does deal with a number of things, but a much narrower focus. Still pretty broad, but m- much narrower than <laughs> Untamed. In the book, Brene deals with shame, perfectionism, uh, compassion for yourself, gratitude, being okay with discomfort, uh, numbing of unpleasant feelings. And here's just one thing that I remember from the book. One of the best things that I got out of it, and I think a lot of people do get out of it, is the idea that when you are doing anything to numb pain, to numb discomfort, whether that's um, God, I've talked about them before. There's so many, whether whether that's uh, any sort of substance abuse, drugs, alcohol, whether it's overeating or uh, it could be uh, casual relationships, casual sex. It could be um, like daredevil acts of just insanity. Whatever you are doing that is preventing you from, intentionally preventing you from feeling feelings of discomfort of pain it 100 percent does the same thing to joy you cannot numb just the negative feelings and expect to feel in full the positive ones like i cannot stress how important that is and how thought-provoking that was when i first read it a big part of this book is she provides practical solutions like similar to again extreme ownership she provides like steps and things to do and try and things to think about which i also really like i enjoy both uh styles of writing where where one might be like this with kind of, i think she calls them guideposts and then in in the previous example you have untamed which is just a lot of very free flowing thought-provoking, you know, very conversationalist ideas, if that even makes sense. (laughs) I don't know if I said that right. But uh, yeah, The Gift of Imperfection is also really good if you deal with any of those things that I mentioned. Um, And if any of you have heard of Brene Brown, I would guess that it is either from her you know, Christian leanings, if you're in that community, or her work with shame, which I think is probably what she is most famous for. So as far as books go, those are my four recommendations for now. Definitely check them out. Okay, moving on, because I'm trying not to make this last forever, even though I want to. Um, podcasts. So of the four that I have, we're going to start again in no particular order. Uh, We're going to start with Cheaper Than Therapy, uh, and it's hosted by Vanessa Bennett and Danae Logan. What this is about, right in the tag, it's about therapy. Uh, Vanessa Bennett and Danae Logan are two therapists who started this podcast with the primary goal of getting a look behind the therapist's door demystifying what goes on in the therapist's office they talk about anything and everything mental health 
from the perspective of two professionals, and they talk about it with both professional guests like other people in that industry, in that profession, and then just complete randos. Like one of my favorite parts about the podcast is that they will bring occasionally on the air uh, just people who have written in to the show with uh, requests for help, with questions, people who are experiencing acute issues, and they will take you know 45 minutes to an hour and talk to them as if they were on the therapist's couch, as if they were a patient, a client, or whatever you want to call them. And all of that to show examples of what therapy is really like. And if you've listened to my podcast at all, you know I have talked multiple times about this, and I'm very passionate about how important therapy is to mental health in general. I cannot uh, overstate the importance of being able to get these thoughts, feelings, fears, neuroses out in the air with somebody who can be a sounding board, who can help you sort through them, who can give you advice and things to try and isn't somebody who you're in a relationship with or who who you're in a relationship with like your your parents or your siblings or your significant other or your friends who who gets paid to do this who is a uh god what is it called an impartial judge and i don't really like the term judge because a good therapist is doing exactly the opposite not judging but you know just colloquially it makes sense to call him a judge an impartial one so my main reason for recommending this podcast for recommending cheaper than therapy is there are tons of people out there i know them personally and i know they exist everywhere who are afraid to start therapy who are afraid to even try it who are afraid of what they might find when they start and I get it. I've been there. I have been in that horrible mindset of, I have these problems. I have these issues. And I don't feel like I can talk about them with anybody. I don't have anybody to support me. And that is a terrible feeling. It's really bad. <laughs> if you feel like that, that is what a therapist can help with. Regardless of whoever else you have in your life that you do or don't think you can talk to, the therapist is the person who is there to support you no matter what through anything. And yes, I know you're paying them. And some of you might think, okay, well, doesn't that cheapen the relationship? Doesn't that make it like an obligation of theirs? Fuck no. 
if you think like that, I would be afraid that you are also thinking, shouldn't the people that care about me, that love me, that want me in their life, shouldn't they be doing this? And I would ask you, why do you think that it is the responsibility of your loved ones to hold your hand and walk you through the process of untangling your own bullshit? Your loved ones are not there to be your therapist. Your loved ones are there because they're your loved ones. They love you and you love them and the relationship that exists between you two cannot and should not be a therapeutic one. So important for that to not be the case. And I've had that relationship. I'm sure a lot of you have too. The therapeutic personal relationship does not work. And I would also ask you this question. Would you have any other problem in life as an adult that could be solved by yourself? Well, now that I'm saying it, (laughs) I think the answer for a lot of people is yes. What I was going to say is how many of you actually think that your loved ones are there to provide services for you because they love you or because you love them, whatever. And that's not how I think. I think the answer is, fuck, no, that's not what they're there for. But now that I'm talking about it, a lot of people do think that way. And so that just brings me back to why we should be having this conversation in the first place. And I'm getting way off track here, (laughs) which is awesome. I honestly wish that my guest had worked out because this would be a great conversation. But um, let me bring it back. Cheaper than therapy. Two main things. A, go to therapy. B, if you're scared, if you're worried, if you are uncertain of the whole process, listen to this podcast because it does a lot to normalize the process of going to therapy, the process of working your shit out, and the process of paying a professional to do it with you instead of unloading all your bullshit on your friends and family and your partner, okay? Cheaper than therapy. Number two is the Mark Groves podcast. And Mark Groves and his work, his podcast, have the distinction for me of being the first sort of I guess I'll call it wellness-related podcast that I ever stumbled into and the first real exposure to so much of this whole, you know, world that we talk about on this podcast. Like, when I very much was at the beginning of my, like, journey of self-awareness and self worth and self-actualization like this you know period of growth that i have been on he was like step number one and i don't even remember how i discovered him i think it was probably on instagram (laughs) i think it got recommended to me his podcast is essentially exposure to 
all things related to everything we like to talk about here at your ex-boyfriend's podcast. It's exposure to all topics, wellness. And I hate the word wellness because of how how it has been like marketed and used as like a buzzword. I don't like that term, but it's so applicable in this sense. Uh, so yeah, his, his pod, getting back, his podcast is just a conversation starter. It is broad. It helped immensely get started because what he is doing with this podcast is being a conduit for exposure and conversation for getting people's names out there for getting people's work out there for having having conversations that you're not going to hear all the time and if i had to compare his podcast to any other well-known podcast and I hate that I'm going to make this comparison because of how shitty this other podcast is. It's just too applicable. It's too on the nose. If you want to think of Mark Groves' podcast as being like anything else, it's like the Joe Rogan experience. (laughs) Oh, and I know that's hardly selling it. Like, just... It, it doesn't do a great job right off the bat. But I say that because the one thing I do appreciate about Joe Rogan's podcast, about the Joe Rogan experience, is that he will literally bring anybody on his show and have a conversation with him from the perspective of a layman that he is with 99% of the fucking topics that he has on the show. And... It's both people who are fucking batshit insane and experts in their field and completely random, you know, other layman like Joe Rogan is. And he just lets them talk and asks questions and they have a conversation. That does have its downsides, as we all know, because sometimes you're giving a platform to batshit fucking crazy insanity but in this case with mark groves that sort of uh unhinged like irresponsible um scattergun blast of insanity not so much that doesn't really happen it does sometimes happen but it's way way less um and whereas mark groves might not be an expert in anything that he is discussing on his show. He is coming at these topics from a very thought-out, well-read, well-researched perspective. And I cannot even remember how many guests he has had that I have then went on to read more about or listen to their own stuff or read their books or whatever. He has exposed me to so many other avenues of of uh, research, ideas, whatever, that I would recommend it just for that, for the exposure. And looking back through like what I have on this list, 
I first heard of Cheaper Than Therapy with uh, Vanessa Bennett and Danae Logan on the Mark Gross podcast. I was introduced to Glennon Doyle from that podcast and Terry Cole, who wrote Boundary Boss from that podcast. Um, I think also Adam Grant, if I'm not mistaken, I think we haven't gotten to Adam Grant yet. So spoiler, (laughs) I think he was also on that podcast. Um, Yeah, there's just too many to count, though, because, God, he has hundreds of episodes. He's been doing it for a while. So getting back to it, the Mark Groves podcast, highly recommended if you want a stepping off point to other expert opinions and works. Like that is a great um, tool to use when you're starting this journey or you feel like you have come to a place of like stagnation. If you don't know what to do next, just give some of his episodes a listen and you'll you'll hear some new shit uh number three on the list i don't have as much to say about because it is very very similar to the mark gross podcast just with a if it is even possible a much broader focus the tim ferris show is hosted and created by tim ferris and he has also done literally hundreds of episodes and has some insane guests on the show and talks to them like for two to three hours, which I think is like damn impressive. As far as what they talk about, I guess if I could narrow it down at all, a lot of it is what this person, what this guest did to be successful in whatever their chosen path may be. And I don't necessarily mean their career or um, or any one thing in particular. What Tim Ferriss does is just pick the brains of some extremely well-known, successful, famous, uh, intelligent people. And the majority of it has nothing to do in my experience anyway, with why they are, you know, famous. Like one of the episodes I adore is the interview that he did with Hugh Jackman. For those of you who don't know, I have the world's biggest man crush on Hugh Jackman. He is probably my favorite actor and one of my favorite people in the entire world. And Tim Ferriss interviewed him for like three hours about some amazing stuff. Like just these super personal stories that you would not ever hear had you not had the opportunity to, you know, converse with Hugh Jackman. And granted, you're not actually conversing with him, but it feels so um, personal and private. And it is just uh, an amazing platform for these people who don't always get to talk about the stuff that matters, you know? Highly recommend the Tim Ferriss show with the one caveat that I know a lot of people don't like how he interviews. A lot of people don't like the guy himself. And a lot of the time, I get it. Like, I agree. I don't think he's the world's greatest interviewer. But the conversations that come out of it 
over enough time because these are very long form interviews i almost always find a lot of worth in them so that's my number three number four and the last podcast on the list is stuff you should know and now that i say that i honestly can't remember (laughs) who who hosts stuff you should know so while i'm sitting here i'm actually gonna look it up okay i looked it up stuff you should know is hosted by chuck and josh and i don't know their last names so (laughs) sorry (laughs) just go google that stuff you should know the reason i say this is one of the best podcasts out there the reason that it's on this list of ones that i recommend for any of you who are interested in you know kind of the things that i say on my podcast is this is one of the most educational podcasts that i have encountered stuff you should know has been around forever i want to say over a decade and if you were to pick a topic that you wanted to learn about that you were interested in and i mean pick a topic about literally anything the odds are that they did an episode about it which sounds crazy and it is crazy they have been going for over a decade and trying to just educate the world, introduce the world to everything. <laughs> why is this on here? The Why am I talking about this? The importance of this podcast is learning. It is keeping your mind working. It is being exposed to new ideas and concepts. It is always working that muscle that is your brain. I think one of the things that contributes to a lot of societal grief that we experience is people stop learning. People get entrenched in their own ideas and their own habits, and they stop looking outward. They become closed off from the rest of the world, from things that don't apply to them, from things that they're not interested in, from people who who they don't relate to. And stuff you should know, for me, if it is nothing else, it is a conduit to that never happening for me. It is a way in which I can be exposed to typically well-researched, well-thought-out, 45 to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour-long episodes where I learn something new. And that's it. One of the standouts that I remember, God, many months ago, that just ended up being something I talked about over and over again, was I listened to an episode on how menstruation works. And my level of understanding of of menstruation in general was so low. And literally, in 45 minutes... I knew 20 things that I didn't know before. And then, as we are all aware of in the last year, the idea of women's bodies and their bodily autonomy and 
even up to women's menstrual cycles, those topics came up over and over and over again as we had this garbage Supreme Court um, impact those things with their decisions. And I was like, I know a little bit more about what's going on. Isn't that nice? I can speak somewhat intelligently on this matter when it comes to like the nitty gritty, the technicalities. Like I understand what other people are saying. And I understand why women are worried about this. Uh, and it's just been awesome. The, 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 the podcast has been just consistently really good. Their format is so easy to listen to. It's so casual yet so informative. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of it. So shout out to Stuff You Should Know. And definitely highly recommended by me. Okay, moving on. Last category is just people. People that I think deserve their work recognized here. And I'm not picking any one like book or talk or a piece of research that they did because they just have so much that I'm aware of that all, you know, fits in here um, that I wouldn't be able to pick maybe. <laughs> um, first on the list is Adam Grant, who I mentioned earlier. If you haven't heard of Adam Grant, he is a... Well, he's three things. He's a psychologist, he's a researcher, and an author. And if you've heard of him, if you're aware of him, it's probably from his work as an author. Adam Grant deals with all things critical thinking. That's how I would characterize him. And y'all know, if you've listened to this podcast, y'all know that I love the critical thinking thing. <laughs> he touches on plenty of topics all over the board. Um but no matter what they are, it's all through the lens of learning more and expansion of both oneself and the collective sort of thing that we call humanity. Just an example of his work. One of his more famous books, I think, is probably the book he wrote called Think Again. And it is a study. It is an exploration of how important it is to not be entrenched in your own viewpoints and a lot of it is very data driven his book is well it can be a little bit dry at times but he presents a lot of hard data hard facts from his own research on how being able to rethink the things that you think you know leads to a much better, happier, more fulfilling existence as yourself and as part of whatever community you belong to, up to and including the community that is the planet, that is humanity. Um, it's, it's hard to summarize Adam Grant's work just because there's so much of it, but um, go check him out. The second on the list and final on this podcast is Gabor Mate. Um, he's a doctor, and I think he's from 
Hungry? That might be right. And this is straight from his Wikipedia, <laughs> just so you all know when you Google him. He is a childhood development trauma. He is a researcher and psychologist, and I think therapist, who focuses on childhood development and trauma and attachment and how that all contributes to addiction and stress and mental and physical disorders in adulthood. And if I can summarize his work in one sentence, I would say if you're curious how your younger years turned you into the person you are today, then start here. Start with Gabor Mate. Again, this is one of those people who I guess I struggle to summarize <laughs> quickly just because of how much there is to say. Um, but I guess the easiest way would be for me to talk about it from a personal um, perspective. As a person who has in adulthood in, you know, the last four or five years found themselves struggling or I guess grappling in some senses with behavioral um, disorders and with anxiety and with a, a lot of like, oh, like attachment stuff, like these big issues. As somebody who has tackled these or is in the process of tackling them, Gabor Mate's work has been very enlightening for me when it comes to understanding where this stuff comes from. I won't say that it has been the most... I don't go to him, I don't look to his work when I am actively trying to take steps to work on this stuff. And that's not because I don't think that he has those steps, you know, researched and out there. I just am not as familiar with that part of his work. But when it comes to the why, when it comes to understanding where the stuff comes from, why it comes about, who in my life affected some of this stuff, that's who I would turn to. And like I said, if you're curious about why little you turned into big you, uh, this would be the guy. So as we're coming down to the end of this podcast, I want to make one thing very clear. If I didn't do it well enough earlier, none of these recommendations that I gave are gospel. None of them are necessarily right for everybody. Some of them may not be right for me in the future. You're allowed to change your mind. I'm allowed to grow and change. And maybe, as Adam Grant would love, maybe I think again. I change my mind, and and that's okay. And just as it's okay for any of you to not necessarily agree with me, if you check any of this stuff out and you disagree, let me know. And even better, 
if you'd be willing to talk about it on the podcast, that would be awesome. So with that in mind, I still hope that everybody who's listening does check out any any one of these books or podcasts or people's work. Any, any of it that I recommended, I hope that you do. And I hope that you let me know what you think. Um, because most of all, particularly for this episode, I want this to be helpful. I want this to be illuminating in some way. And if it's not, I would like to know why it wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah, all that to say, let me know. As always, just a reminder, your ex-boyfriend's podcast is hosted on Podbean at justicetenna.podbean.com. If you want to get in touch with me for any reason, you can email me at the podcast email, which is your podcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at your underscore EXBF underscore podcast. And also I post with every new episode on that account. If you want to stay up to date on what's going on with this podcast, that's the best way to do it. So that being said, look forward to an interview for the next episode coming in two weeks. I hope everybody sticks around for it. I think it's going to be a good one. Until that time, take care of yourselves and get out there and start reading.